And then as I got older, you know, we still visited the same place, but you couldn't go out and collect the shellfish like you used to. Mm-hmm. They were there, but all the water quality had gotten so bad that uh. they were closed to, to taking the shellfish. This podcast is brought to you by Alda, where we connect you with some of your favorite sustainable brands. Be sure to check us out at alda.life. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Alda Lifestyle. Oh, I almost forgot something. Protect your wild. Welcome to the Alda Podcast. My name is Colin Campbell and I'm your host today. And I'm here with Jeff Benoit, who's the president and CEO of Restore America's Estuaries. Uh, thanks for joining me, Jeff. No, I'm uh, pleased to be here talking with you. Absolutely. Um, so to start off, can you, I guess, give the listeners just a feel for what Ray does exactly and uh, kind of how you got to your position with the organization? Sure. Uh so Restore America's Estuaries is actually an alliance of 10 local conservation organizations that are located on the East Coast, the Gulf of Mexico, and on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came together back in 1995 uh, with a, an effort to try and um, see if there's a way to leverage or combine their individual work locally uh, into something that was... Um, uh, at the national scale and, and sort of at the national level, that mm-hmm. they could have an impact both locally where they work, but also at the national level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and at the time, um, they kind of looked around to see who was doing what kind of work and where could they best fill fill sort of a niche uh, that uh, that wasn't already people working in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decided they were going to focus on uh, actual habitat restoration in, in uh, coastal and estuarine areas. Mm. Uh, and it largely is really getting out and into the mud and into the water, uh, planting salt marsh and, and putting oysters back out in the bay and other shellfish. Um, and uh, that's sort of what got them started. And they said, that's it. You know, that's what we want to do. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to do it by working with local volunteers and engaging uh, the community to help build awareness of the importance of, of uh, estuaries and bays. Uh, and right. as a result of all that, they decided to create uh, the alliance, and they called it Restore America's Estuaries. Now, they all work individually. They still have you know, uh, lots of uh, activities that are ongoing in their local area. Right. Um, but they, they uh, created this national alliance and they decided to sort of let it try and pull a lot of this information together uh, at the national level. Yeah, that's fantastic. Collaboration is, you know, so essential for, you know, success, I think, in the nonprofit world with, you know, missions like, you know, the estuaries. It really is. And, and what, you know, we're very proud of uh, in the work that our, our local members do, mm-hmm. uh, they get volunteers out and, and they're all ages. They're young kids, they're families, they're scouting groups, they're uh, businesses and corporations who send their employees out for, you know, one or two days of, of uh, like community service. Yeah. And they get they get wet, they get muddy, they right, get right. You know, soaked and 
you know, they look back at the end of the day and they see that they've really created something that wasn't there when they when they got there in the morning. Right. You know, they see new salt marsh that's there and they see new oysters out in the bay, you know, and it's something you can you can see and, and you had a part of creating and, and they just get so excited about it and, and they understand better about how important those kind of resources are mm-hmm. in the bays. Yeah, it's a it's a tangible kind of impact that I'm sure really hits home with a lot of the people that, you know, maybe didn't grow up out in the woods and, you know, getting their hands dirty. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, they, any, any um, project that's uh, sponsored to restore the, the, the estuary, and they might host three or four or five a, a year, uh, they work with a lot of partners. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of people, a lot of organizations uh, to make it happen. Uh, they have uh, groups that will donate, you know, water. They'll have groups that will donate snacks. They'll have uh, organizations and other groups that will provide transportation. So it just really takes a, a whole group of folks and, and organizations uh, to make one event really happen and to happen well. Right. Yeah, and I, I recall when I was at the uh, the conference in New Orleans last year, that was definitely one of the most well-organized conferences I've been to, and I you know, really enjoyed getting to meet all the people there. Yeah, that's a very important part of what we do. Uh, mm-hmm. Every two years, hosting the, a national conference uh, that brings lots of, of uh, professionals, young professionals, uh, academics, um, companies, uh, uh, government uh, employees, uh, brings them all together so that they can uh, talk to one another and, you know, share ideas and do some networking mm-hmm. uh, and it brings together you know over 1200 people so wow. uh, you have to you have to be pretty organized to be able yeah. to, uh, to host something like that and make sure that it goes smoothly right absolutely um, so speaking of people I guess and winding the clock back a little bit what exactly inspired you to kind of get involved in this field yeah <laughs> uh, that's that's a good question um, I think there are a couple of things. Uh, one, and um, I grew up on the uh, coast of, of Massachusetts and spent my summers uh, enjoying the beach and enjoying the coast. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, just, I mean, you know, it was just something about the place and, you know, the, the smells and everything about the coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I was in high school, uh, I, I had a, um, an earth science teacher mm. that was a young guy and you know, he started talking about all these uh, new ideas about how the earth was shifting and all these different plates and, and, you know, how beaches changed and, you know, all this. And it was like really intriguing, right? you know, to think about the scale of that, you know, on a global scale that our earth was changing so much. Right. Uh, and I figured there's got to be a way to, you know, uh, combine you know, my love for the coast and this really intriguing science that's out there and, and was developing at the time. Uh, and I decided I wanted to understand about the coast a lot more and how mm-hmm. beaches changed and why they changed. Uh, and I ended up, uh, when I graduated from college, uh, uh, from high school, uh, I looked for a college that uh, taught uh, coastal geology, you know, mm-hmm. learning about beaches. And, um, you know, I've never kind of looked back, you know, yeah. it was just, it was a perfect combination of the two things that really kind of intrigued me. Uh, and I've kind of stuck with it now, you know, I've gone not so much like 
doing research on beaches and right. got more involved in some big policy issues. And right. I worked for the state of Massachusetts for a while. Uh, I worked for the federal government for a while in NOAA. Uh, and uh, now I'm doing sort of the private sector work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's always sort of been around the same issues of, um, you know, understanding the coast and, and what's having an impact on the coast. Um, and, you know, how can we make a difference in the way we treat the coast? Absolutely. And that's, uh, I kind of come from that same, you know, perspective of having a deep kind of joy just growing up uh, in the creeks of Gainesville, really. Um, and I, I think that's a lot of people who get involved in, you know, environmental fields share that joy for it, like a genuine, you know, feeling of, I guess, pleasure and, you know, wonderment towards the environment that then leads to a professional career to try to make a positive impact on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can remember when I was a little kid, my dad used to, when we, when we were staying um, on the, living on the coast of Massachusetts, my dad would get up on a Saturday morning uh, early, like at five o'clock, so that wow. he could go out clamming, you know, oh, okay. because you have to do it. You have to do it based on the tide. So right. sometimes, you know, you get to get up really early, and he'd drag me along with him. And you know, within an hour, man, it was the best experience. I'm playing out <laughs> in the mud. I'm digging up stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm watching him collect all these shellfish and the clams and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as I got older, you know, we still visited the same place. But you couldn't go out and collect the shellfish like you used to. Mm-hmm. They were there, but all the water quality had gotten so bad that uh, they were closed to, to taking the shellfish. And I thought to myself, you know, th- th- this is, you know, this, we got to change this. You yeah. know, you know, it's, uh, and it's, but it's all those, you know, kind of childhood memories that you come back to and you mm-hmm. know, motivate you and say, you know, why can't it be like it used to be? Right. And there's the the great part is I think like you're kind of saying you weren't on the research side, but there's so many different kind of points of entry into, uh, you know, these fields. And if, if you have, I feel like the, you know, the drive and the motivation to get involved, there's, you know, any number of skills that you can bring to the table and, and help, uh, different causes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And more so today than ever before. Right. You know, when I was sort of, you know, going through, uh, you know, my, my education and early days of, uh, of my career, uh, it was pretty limited. I mean, you know, you had folks that had some kind of a science background or, you know, maybe some type of communication background or, or you know, a lot of lawyers got into environmental work. Mm-hmm. But today, oh, my gosh, you know, with all of the new technology and, and the way that we can monitor the coast, you know, using uh, aerial photography and, and uh, LIDAR, which is a special kind of sort of radar that penetrates down into the water so you can see what's there and and GIS and, and uh, everything else. I mean, it's it's. I mean, there's just so many different ways to get into the field now and contribute right. uh, in ways that before it was pretty limited. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess speaking uh, to that a little bit, um, what are some of the different ways that Ray and I guess the member partners uh, along the coast there the, the different projects that they're directly getting involved with to, you know, help uh, not only restore, I guess, but protect the estuaries. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of work going on these days uh, just trying to still understand the, uh, the science behind a lot of the, uh, the estuaries and the bays and 
um, and what's impacting uh, living resources like salt marsh and, and shellfish, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, what's impacting water quality. Uh, so there's, there are a lot of organizations, almost all of the ones that, that are part of our alliance, um, have very um, strict monitoring programs that uh, they uh, implement to try and make sure that they can uh, monitor what's changing and, mm-hmm. and how those resources and the water quality are changing and, and try and identify, you know, what's causing some of the impacts. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and, and then they have lots of programs now still very active in going out and replanting salt marsh. Right. Um, many of our organizations uh, have oyster restoration programs, and this is really interesting, where they uh, work with restaurants around their community hmm. uh, to collect oyster shells that the uh, restaurant would other, otherwise discard, right. and just throw away after they've been used. Right. Uh, and our member groups actually go around and collect those oyster shells and they put them in small uh, sort of uh, net bags about the size of a shopping bag, but they're made out of a, a nylon met, uh, mesh material. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they put the shells back into, the, into these bags, and they take them out and they stack them uh, just below uh, the, uh, the high tide line so that uh, oyster uh, seed can attach to them uh, mm. and start growing new oysters. And, oh, wow. Uh, and, and, and at the same time, those... Um, all those bags being uh, laid out uh, in the uh, in, along the shoreline help protect the shoreline a little bit and uh, kind of break up some of the wave activity along the shoreline right. and actually help support uh, new salt marsh to grow uh, behind uh, the oyster bags. But uh, it's a, it's amazing to see the community uh, collaboration that goes into uh, all of that, where yeah. you know, the, the restaurants donate the, the oyster shell. Uh, volunteers come out and, and put them into the bags, and then uh, volunteers come out and take them, carry them out, or uh, take them out by boat and put them out into the water. Yeah. Uh, so it's really cool to see that uh, all happen. Absolutely. And that's so, I guess they're kind of multifunctional there. And it, does that tie into like the, the whole living shoreline concept of, I, I guess that was a one of the main kind of topics at the conference of trying to you know, bring in more efforts to restore it in that manner as opposed to, you know, like the brick or the hard, um, unnatural kind of shorelines. Right, absolutely. So, uh, you know, one of the big threats to our estuaries and our bays is uh, rising sea level. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, if the shoreline has some type of a vertical structure that's been built to protect property like a bulkhead or a seawall, right. um, any any salt marsh or living resources that are in front of that um, have no place to kind of um, migrate uh, as sea level rises, and they end up just being kind of drowned in place. Mm-hmm. So what we're promoting is rather than put up those bulkheads or those those vertical structures along the shore, the shoreline, mm-hmm. uh, be able to use what's known as a living shoreline and actually planting salt marsh uh, on a gentle slope to allow um, the ability for that salt marsh to kind of migrate up the, the beach as sea level rises and be able to uh, you know kind of keep pace with uh, the rising water levels. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, attention being paid to that now and, right. and trying to use that as an alternative to just kind of putting up uh, those vertical structures everywhere along the shoreline. Yeah, that that uh, makes a lot of sense. And 
I'm sure encourages, you know, more biodiversity. And um, can you explain a little bit kind of, I guess, from more of a general science standpoint, how important the estuaries are and how they kind of tie into, you know, the environment as a whole? Sure. Uh, so estuaries, if, if folks aren't familiar with that term, mm-hmm. uh, refers to areas that uh, where freshwater rivers come down uh, and drain into uh, a, like an, a bay uh, that is also open to salt water. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the two, the freshwater and the salt water mix in this area of the bay, uh, and that's what sort of creates this uh, environment of an estuary. It's a mixture of salt water and freshwater. And typically you'll see um, the living resources in the bay like salt marshes and the bottom usually covered with some type of a seagrass, um, very productive areas for shell fishing, uh, for, and the tide goes out a lot, the tidal flats are very important bird uh, uh, resting areas and, and uh, for migratory birds particularly. Mm-hmm. And um, about 85% or more of our commercial fish that we catch offshore begin their life in an estuary. Mm. You know, that's that's where they wow. spawn. That's the, They use the protection of uh, the salt marsh or down south the uh, the mangroves, and they, they, right. uh, they use that uh, as sort of a nursery area and protect themselves and, and be able to uh, find food and, 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 uh, in the water. Uh, in the in the uh, salt marsh or in the uh, mangroves, uh, and collectively, I mean, they're just incredibly important areas, mm-hmm. and they're all threatened. Unfortunately, they're all threatened. Yeah, you know, we have we've got a lot of development that's happening along the shoreline. Right, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, water that runs off the uh, the uh, the adjacent shore that's contaminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have sea level rise that's kind of threatening everything. Uh, so there are a lot of a lot of problems, but uh, estuaries are are seen as some of the most productive uh, areas uh, of the uh, of the coast. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess it really goes to show how, of course, you know, land area wise, it might not be the largest kind of thing, but when you take into account all the species that rely on it and you know how they impact then the rest of the surrounding environment it's a a huge deal and i think was there a a stat on your website that was something like um in oh geez what was it and uh it was regarding america's population living near the shoreline um i think let me see if i can pull it up here uh, by 2075, that's 75% of the nation will live within 50 miles of the coast. That just blew me away. Yeah, yeah, they're they're popular areas. I mean, you know, yeah. they're they're beautiful places. Um, you know, they're um, used heavily for recreation. People like to be you know close by. Uh, a lot of the estuaries and the bays um, have urban areas within them. You know, ports right, and. Right. Um, you know, lots of marinas are located in the bays now, and mm-hmm. you know, people like to, uh, you know, if they work nearby or, or want to use uh, the bay to recreate, uh, they want to be close by. Uh, so the population, you know, is, continues to grow close to the estuaries, and that brings all those kind of like problems with runoff of, of uh, you know, with uh, pollutions in the in the water that runs off from the land or right. or the roadways and. Uh, you know, people wanting to kind of 
protect their property using bulkheads and other uh, structures that actually cause a lot of harm and, uh, you know, climate change and sea level rise. I mean, just so many uh, variables that are impacting uh, estuaries these days. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it makes it tough. But I'd also say, on the other hand, um, there's a lot of really uh, good progress being made mm-hmm. uh, to help protect and restore water quality uh, and, uh, and the living resources within these estuaries. Uh, and a lot of places have made just a tremendous amount of progress uh, actually improving uh, the, uh, the quality of the water and, 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 the, uh, and the resources. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. We can never, uh, can never kind of give up hope and trying. I think that's, you know, as things might seem bleak at times, it's the one thing you always got to hold on to, right? You got you to always have hope. And, yeah. and the good news is we're seeing progress. We're seeing right. things slowly turning around. And uh, as long as we have continued uh, efforts to do that and, and the funding that goes along to make it all happen uh, and the interest in the citizens to, to really want to see the water quality improve and, and be able to go out and, you know, and, and collect the shellfish and uh, catch the fish and, and all that, um, you know, I think we'll continue to see progress being made into the future. Yeah. So is there anything that, I guess, on the individual level, like with so much the population being near the coast, are there any tips or, you know, things that we can do to reduce our impacts or, you know, of course, volunteering is always great, but in the, the day-to-day kind of life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, watch where you throw your trash. You know, don't throw it on the beach. Don't throw it in the water. Uh, try to try to use less plastics. Yeah. Um, you know, so many of them end up uh, in the marine environment, and now we're seeing even uh, you know microplastics that you, you know that you wouldn't uh, normally think of being you know uh, a problem get flushed down through the the uh, uh, you know through all the the storm drains and, right. and through the treatment plants, and they end up in the marine environment. So. You know, what you flush down your toilet, what you wash down your driveway, what you throw on the ground can very easily end up down uh, in the bays and in the coastal waters. Um, and, and being aware, I mean, just understanding mm-hmm. how important uh, these places are and how sensitive they are, uh, you know, help help talk to other people, you know, you know, uh, understand the importance of them and talk to your friends about them. Yeah. Uh, get programs going at schools, you know. Uh, a lot of school systems, a lot of young people particularly, you know, can live within 10, 10 blocks of a bay and may not have ever visited it. So, <laughs> right. you know, take the, take the time to, you know, go and visit and look and, and enjoy. Yeah. Uh, get your schools to have run programs and clubs about the marine environment and marine conservation. Uh, you know, so those are, I mean, there are a lot of things that, that uh, individuals can, can do it at all ages to really uh, better appreciate and help uh, contribute to improving our bays and our estuaries. Absolutely. And yeah, especially getting kids involved. I think that's extremely crucial for, you know, the coming years. And um, are there any, uh, or I guess, is there any message that you'd have for, for young adults kind of like myself in their 20s, early 30s who are, you know, wanting to get involved professionally or, you know, volunteer wise in helping our environment, but, you know, just may not exactly know, you know, how or what first steps to kind of take? Sure. I mean, you identified at least one of the big um, uh, ways of doing it, and that's to volunteer. Um, 
whether it's you know it's a coastal whether you live in a coastal area or, or not there are lots of opportunities uh, uh, to volunteer to, to uh, help maintain and clear trails you know that people use for hiking to go out and you know participate in a volunteer program at, at a bay or an estuary you know I talked about uh, you know planting the salt marsh and putting oysters back in the bay that, that so much of that's done by volunteer help right uh, if you're in if you're in college still you know does your college have a club or a program you know that uh, is really focused on natural resources or, or our estuaries or our bays uh, you know we work with a lot of universities and colleges that uh, has have uh, have clubs and programs uh, that we help bring those uh, students out to participate in different events mm-hmm. so uh, there's a lot of ways to get involved and if you're if you're a young professional as I said man there just there are lots of, of opportunities these days to uh, apply your knowledge and, and your understanding um, even even if you're like in a a, a town close to one of the bays or the estuaries get involved in your local government right you right. know what is what is what is the community doing you know to help uh, prevent runoff of pollutants into the bay what are they doing you know to deal with sea level rise you know right. attend meetings you know talk to the political folks or your government folks in, in these communities uh, and you know kind of express your views you know make them pay attention you know mm-hmm. and you know, have use your voice. You know, it's it's um, it's could be very powerful. You Absolutely, know, to organize at a local level. Yeah, um, big time local uh, advocacy and grassroots, you know, organizations. I think are going to be one of the keys to you know really turning turning things around, or you know, just keeping up the momentum going in the right direction, like we we have been seeing. Yeah, we see we see that more and more, and, mm-hmm. and understand how important that is. Uh, to make uh, local officials uh, accountable, yeah. you know, and, you know, joining together with uh, other like-minded folks in your community and, and expressing your views to your local elected officials, that, that can be very powerful. Yeah. So um, wrapping up here, uh, I really appreciate your time. And is there any, you know, last messages or things that we've missed that you'd like to, you know, get out there? Well, I'd just say that, um, you know, feel free to visit our website. It's um, uh, estuaries.org, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of information on there about our member organizations and the, and the kind of work that we do, and uh, they're probably, if you're within close proximity to one of our member organizations or where we're having a workshop, uh, you know, plan on attending, contact them, reach out. You know, there's lots of opportunities to get involved in, in, uh, in efforts uh, at the community level. So uh, visit our website, estuaries.org. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. And um, yeah, hopefully we can you know get some people out there helping to protect our wild. Excellent. Excellent. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Again, that was Jeff Benoit. He is the president and CEO of Restore America's Estuaries. Now, if you'd like to follow them on social media, uh, you can find their Facebook page at Restore America's Estuaries. And like he said, just reach out and see how you can get involved. Um, there's nothing better than you know getting down and dirty and really be hands-on with you know different environmental causes, be it picking up trash, planting, or you know even removing invasive species. 
All of it's extremely rewarding, and I encourage all of you to get out there. Um, if you'd like to donate to Ray, uh, you can go to alda.life to the Give Back section, and you'll see their logo posted, and there will be a link directly to their donations page. So uh, we encourage you to do that. Additionally, uh, follow Alda on Facebook and Instagram at Alda Lifestyle. You can also shoot us an email at alda.outreach at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Please subscribe. Leave us a glowing review. We'd really appreciate it. And yeah, that pretty much sums it up for this week. I appreciate you listening. And remember, guys. Protect your wild. Again, shout out to my good friend Bally's for the awesome theme music. If you'd like to check them out, go to SoundCloud or Spotify and search V-A-L-L-E-Y-Z.